0: The wellness revolution starts now.
1: Hello, I'm Dr. Steve Hoetze. Welcome to the program today. I am pleased again to have as my guest Dr. Blanche Gruby from Scranton, Pennsylvania, who is a biological dentist. She has um, really been a key uh, innovator and uh with, with her uh, mentor, Dr. Hal Huggins, in helping people develop, revise their teeth and develop good dental health so that you'd have good health throughout your whole body. I'm a medical doctor. Dr. Gruby is a dentist. And uh, as a medical doctor, I can tell you the, the state of a person's oral hygiene, their dental health directly affects their overall health of their entire body. You've got to have healthy teeth to have a healthy body. And this is something we're not taught in medical school. And through a series of lectures over the decades, I've heard physicians, oral surgeons, and dentists teach about solid procedures to help people obtain Good health of their dentures, of their gums, of their of their uh, oral cavity, and when and also warned when people have poor, poor uh, teeth, poor uh, oral hygiene, how this adversely affects the body and can cause a host of health problems. And there are three particular problems that modern dentistry causes that lead to poor health in individuals. One is root canals, two is mercury amalgams, and three is uh, dental implants. And I'm here to talk with Dr. Uh, Gruby and let her visit with us and, and tell us uh, her what her concerns are. We, we've had a program already with Dr. Gruby on root canals. And we'll talk about that in in the program, in the second half of the program. But in the first half of the program, I want to talk about dental amalgams, mercury amalgams, uh, the silver fillings that many people have in their teeth Mm -hmm. and why these are dangerous. Mm -hmm. Now, let me just say, you don't have to be a dentist or a medical doctor or a rocket science scientist to know that mercury is a very toxic, dangerous substance. And the government warns about it. The uh, Environmental Protection Agency has rules against uh, how mercury can be used because it's highly toxic, particularly to the uh, neurological system and to the brain, as well as to the heart, to the lungs, to the kidneys, to the liver. It's very, very toxic. And so it doesn't take a rocket science to figure out, I don't want to put that in my mouth. If it's toxic, why would you put it into the mouth? And they've been using dental amalgams for probably over 150 years in dentistry. And I've asked Dr. Gruby to address this whole issue about mercury amalgams and its adverse effect on human health and what can be done if you have mercury amalgams, what can you do to rid yourself of those, and what can be used as a replacement? So, Doctor Gruby, I'm going to give you the floor here to tell us about your concerns about mercury amalgam, and how long you've been working Thank to you. to uh, to <clears throat> advise other dentists and patients of their harmful and adverse side effects. Thank you.
0: Thank you very much for that introduction. Also. I have to get a little historical if I'm going to talk about mercury because we got to, we have to understand where it came from and how it became so pervasive in, in our dentistry. This is, I'm talking now in the late 1800s. You had two kinds of dentists in the United States. You had the dentist that was trained as a physician who also did dentistry because surprising to many, the mouth is actually part of the whole body. (laughs) Yeah, it is. So in those days, you had physicians who also did dental surgery. But in most of the poorer areas, you had what they called the barber dentist. This is somebody who went from town to town. They usually had a little horse drawn cart, and they had a metal pan that was kidney-shaped, and they would put the metal pan behind the patient's neck the person's neck, if they were cutting their hair. They were barbers. And by the way, because they had the pan and they had scissors and they had a few other tools in their box, if the person also needed to have a tooth extracted, the person who was the barber also did the extractions. And then the whole idea about taking metal shavings and mixing them with mercury, which started in Europe, came here to the United States. It became a very cheap, inexpensive way to fill a hole inside of a tooth. So you had these barber dentists who, okay, they could give you a haircut. They could take a tooth out. But now they discovered that they could also fill the holes in your teeth with this mixture of metal shavings and mercury. Well, the real doctors, the, the what we call the RDs, the real doctors, were outraged. They knew the science. They said, you can't put mercury in somebody's mouth. And they forced all of the dentists, the barber dentists who were using mercury, they forced them to sign an affidavit promising to never use mercury in somebody's mouth. That didn't work. Unfortunately, there were enough of them to get together and formed their own organization. They actually separated themselves from the physicians completely and began something called the American Dental Association. And it's really funny that they were called the quacks because the German name for mercury is quacksilver. So they were the quacks. They were the ones who used silver mercury amalgam fillings. They formed their own organization. So right from the beginning, the American Dental Association has always been in support of the use of silver mercury fillings. Mm -hmm. So let's fast forward now to 22nd century that we're in now, 21st century. And you have the dentists who are against use of mercury in people's mouths because they've seen the science, they've seen the results, they've seen what it does to people. They're against the use of mercury. Now we are called the quacks. And the American Dental Association is a very large organization. It has nothing really to do with the government of the United States. They are a private trade organization, but they have managed to insert themselves in every state so that they appear to be the uh, gatekeepers for all that is good dentistry. And that extends from the American Dental Association down to the state boards, down to the local dental clubs and and everything else. So we have this huge organization and the, the small number of what we call holistic or biological dentists who are against the use of mercury are literally fighting Goliath. We're David, we're this big, and we have Goliath, the American Dental Association, who we're constantly fighting against. So what's the big deal about mercury? Mercury, as you said before...
1: Let me interrupt you there the, for a second. Yeah. I'm, I'm thinking politically.
0: Mm-hmm. Why in the
1: heck don't all the holistic dentists and the biocompatible dentists form their own organization and say, see you later?
0: Well, we do have our own clubs, our own organizations, but... We have no political power. That is what has been neglected, and so that's Blanche's new project now for the final quarter of her life: is to change that. Mm-hmm. Just like, just like the barber dentist said, "Well, we're going to form our own club." I think we should do the same. We're right. going to form our own club, and then we're going to do our, our then own licenses.
1: I know um, you've got your uh, medical boards and dental boards in the state, so in order to practice. Medicine, you've got to have them, you know, got to be board certified by the medical board, and the same thing in Correct. dentistry, and you'd have to, you'd have to be able to set up a separate board, like Correct. in in medicine. In some states, there's a naturopathic medical board and a homeopathic medical board, and a allopathic medical board. In Texas, there's only uh-huh. the uh, allopath. Uh, I'm sorry, there's only the allopathic medical board. There's not a there's not right. a naturopathic board or a homeopathic board, but some states there are, particularly out west. So that's something that would have to be formed, hmm. and the legislature of a state would have to form that board. Uh, it's un- it's unfortunate. Correct. There ought to be um, it ought to be free enterprise. You'd be able to form your board and not have to worry about being licensed by the state. I mean, uh, you know, Correct. my whole idea is caveat emptor. You know, buyer beware. But anyway, let's go right. back to Mercury. I I right. got off a little on that because uh, that's okay. It it would be that's the okay. way to ultimately beat them is form your organization, get your own board, so you don't have to worry about
0: them. That is correct. So tell us, mer- tell us is about Merc Tell us about Mercury now. That's something America. that has to happen. Yeah, that's something that has to happen. So let's talk about Mercury. What's the big deal with Mercury? Well, the big deal with Mercury is that it is the most toxic element found in the earth other than only plutonium, which is man-made. So it's the most toxic, the most toxic, natural toxic element on the earth. And it's interesting that it is found in the earth every place where you have gold. When, when they go to mine mercury, they're, they're mining, basically they're mining gold. They don't really care that much about the mercury. They just know that wherever there's mercury, there's also gold. And so the two are mined together and then they're separated. And so that brings me to another whole issue uh, that has to do with politics. The 50% of all of the, I don't know what the number is, probably in the hundreds, hundreds of tons of mercury amalgam that is produced every year, 50% of it goes into the black market goes to these what they call artisanal gold mining companies. Now these are artisanal gold mining companies, you know they're not in the suburbs of New York City, Chicago, right. uh, you know Miami, Los Angeles. no 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 no. they're in South America, they're in China. they're in remote areas where the people are um, not highly educated, let's say that. They give these people, like, for instance, in the Amazon, the Amazon jungles of Brazil, they give these indigenous natives a cup of mercury, a whole cup of mercury, and then instruct them to pour that cup into a gold mining pan, just like they did out west, you know, in the old days when they were looking for gold in the 1700s, 1800s. They used a pan, and they would put the pan in the river and swirl it around and, and pick whatever little pieces of gold they found, well, in, in the Amazon River, if you put mercury in a pan and you swirl it around, it will attract all of the gold that's in that river, in the Amazon River. And then at the end of the day, perhaps that Indian will have maybe a quarter of a cup of little teeny gold pieces. And he's probably going to get paid maybe 50 cents for that quarter of a cup of gold and then told to go back out there the next day and do it again. Now, in in Russia, when the miners who were mining for gold came in contact with the mercury, which is next to the gold all the time, when the miners came in contact with all that mercury, they immediately started getting mercury symptoms, which will usually start as neurological problems. It goes to psychiatric problems. It goes to digestive problems. It goes to every organ in the whole body. But it always starts out with some neurological issues. So these Russian miners would start to tremble, start to shake. They had all kinds of problems. Well, give it to the Russians. They discovered a chemical called DMPS. Those are initials that stand for dimer, capital, propanic, succinic acid. It goes on and on and on. That's the way they are in chemistry. They keep it mysterious by having these very long names. Um, They came up with with a chemical that you could inject into the miner's butt And overnight, the miner would feel much better. And it was a chelating agent. It was a chemical that pulled the mercury out of their bloodstream and out of their brain and out of their body. And so they had this DMPS. And the miners would get injected, and the next day, go right back into the mine and start pulling out some more gold. And uh, unfortunately, the Amazonian Indians today are not being given any DMPS. When their hands shake so much and their feet can no longer hold them up. They just push them off to the side and get another Indian to continue uh, mining for gold. So 50% of the amalgam that's produced in in the world goes to these artisanal gold mining expeditions. And so you can't help wonder, where does that money go? Well, all of the patents on amalgam are owned not by the American Dental Association, because that patent ran out, they formed the American Dental Health Foundation. So that money goes to the American Dental Health Foundation. And so, you know, you know, we say whenever there's a problem and you're not sure why things are there's happening the way they're trail. happening, follow the money trails. That's right. right. Right, so now we understand where amalgam is made and where it goes to and how it winds up in in our environment um, and how it's destroying the lives of many people. Let's get back to the dental chair where the dentist puts that other 50 percent of amalgam gets put into people's mouths. And oh, by the way, they're still doing it today. I have many people who say to me, oh, they're still not putting those silver fillings in people's mouths, are they? Yes, they are. Maybe not in your neighborhood if you're in a middle class neighborhood but they're certainly still putting mercury amalgam fillings in the poor neighborhoods. They're certainly putting them in the clinics where, where people are on Medicaid, and and, and and it's just a sad thing to say. So yes, 50, 54% of the United States dentists are no longer using amalgam. That means 46% are still using it on a daily basis. And the moment that amalgam filling is put into your mouth, from that moment on, It is outgassing the mercury. The mercury outgasses from the tooth 24-7, 365 days a year. The fumes go through the palate, up to the brain, and affect the way you think. The mercury itself settles down and goes and attacks the first organ, which is the thyroid gland. So most of the symptoms that people have who have a mouthful of mercury fillings are ironness because it's affected their thyroid gland. The thyroid gland is the master organ. You know, I was taught in in, in medical school and dental school, I was taught that the pituitary was the master organ. And I have to say, you know, 40 years later, now I think it's the thyroid gland. The thyroid gland is really the one that calls the shots and tells the rest of the body how things are going to be metabolized. Metabolism is everything. What you eat is what you are. Well, how does you get from what you eat to what you are? It has to be metabolized. So one of the first organs that the mercury attacks is the thyroid gland. Then the fumes go up to the brain and begin to change the way you think. Now, somebody once asked Dr. Hal Huggins, just how toxic is mercury? Let's give us a number, tell us something. And um, he had asked his professor, Dr. Schwarzendruber from the University of Colorado. And Dr. Schwarzendruber said, well, let me put it to you this way. One molecule of mercury kills one cell. On the surface, that may not sound too bad. But after that cell is dead, that same molecule of mercury goes cell. on to kill another cell, okay? And because the body has such a difficult time grabbing mercury, holding on to it, and getting it out of the body, it's a very difficult process for the body. Because it has a difficult time doing that, we tend to accumulate the mercury that is outgassed from our teeth 24-7. So if you've had a mercury filling put in your mouth just say a year ago, you'll have a certain amount of mercury in your brains, in your kidneys, in your heart. As a matter of fact, it's been scientifically proven that once an amalgam is placed into the mouth of a a sheep, within 24 hours, the mercury can be detected in the kidneys, the bladder, the heart, the large intestines, everywhere, within 24 hours. So, if you had a filling put in your mouth a year ago, you're going to have a considerable amount of mercury in all of those organs that I just mentioned. But if you've had that same filling in your mouth for thirty years, i i can't even I can't even give you a figure as right. to how much mercury is in all of those organs.
1: So, t- tell me this: the. Uh, how- you recommend obviously if you've had mercury amalgams, get them removed. You go to a bio, biological dentist and get them removed. Somebody that knows how to right. do it safely and protect you uh, right. while you're getting it removed. And 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 there's a you know gowns you need to wear and. In the whole nine yards, and they have re-
0: right.
1: rever- vacuum is that they suck out the the gas and the air and all that. But once somebody's been through that process and had the mercury amalgams mm-hmm. removed, and you put in some sort of bio uh, uh, compatible compatible
0: yeah
1: you know material. Sub- material in the mouth to to fill the cavity, which there's plenty of, so what do they do to remove the mercury from the rest of the body, from the brain and all the other organs? What, what do you recommend uh, for that?
0: Well, that's a very good question. And unfortunately, it's a question that would be different for everyone. The only thing in common that we all have is that our body does detoxify on its own. Our body is constantly working to achieve something called homeostasis. That means an evening out of everything in the body. And so the body does that naturally, but it does it to a very small extent when it comes to mercury. We can only get rid of approximately 30 micrograms of mercury per day, that's it. So if you want to get rid of a lifetime of mercury that you have accumulated, you're going to have to find some other ways to do that. We recommend a host of different things to our patients um starting with the skin because the skin is one of the largest detoxification organs in the body now we're going to come
1: back we're going to we're we're getting ready to go to a break right now uh dr gruby and when we come back we're going to discuss how to rid your body of mercury uh if you've had fillings and had the fillings removed And the reason is, is because mercury is toxic. You can take the fillings out, but you still have mercury in your system and you've got to get rid of that. So we will return with Dr. Gruby in just a moment um, after this short break and commercial, and we'll be back to discuss removal of mercury from the body. Thank you for joining us.
2: At Physicians Preference Pharmacy, we understand that the quality of your compounded medications directly affects the way you feel. Which is why we believe that your pharmacy should specialize in compounding medications while also delivering extraordinary hospitality and guest service. We believe that both patients and prescribers should accept nothing less than consistency and quality from their compounding pharmacy. This is why we've implemented some of the strictest quality standards in compounding, exceeding standard requirements, achieving PCAB accreditation which is the Pharmacy Compounding Accreditation Board, an organization that sets the highest standards in compounding pharmacy, regarding the safety, cleanliness, and quality of your compounded prescriptions. Because of our commitment to complete health and wellness, we are dedicated to making your medications free of lactose, parabens, artificial sweeteners, and any unnecessary dyes, binders, or fillers present in many other medications, offering you the cleanest products possible.